I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good evening, everybody. We've got a weird brackets meaning unique show for you this evening as we look at an astonishing attack on the Charlton fans releasing a statement from the club's owner Roland Duchatelet on Tuesday evening. A statement so toxic that the club's new head of communications Mel Baroni, who was completely undermined by Duchatelet's insistence this statement be released despite advice not to has resigned after just 46 days in the jobs. Bracket dot 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 bracket. This statement was a declaration of war from a beleaguered owner whose disdain for Charlton supporters is clear for all to see. A disdain disdain that appears pandemic throughout the top levels of this club. Welcome to Charlton Live. everybody and welcome to Charlton Live. It's Thursday the 17th of March. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley is Nathan Muller. How are you doing Nathan? Yeah not bad. A couple of, uh, couple of weeks off uh, due to certain things but um, yeah I just want to make clear that I'm not Nathan Pryor. <laughs> Nathan just Muller <laughs> and Nathan Pryor are two <laughs> separate um, contributors to the show. One of them uh, <laughs> contributes via email, one of them contributes via uh, normal stuff. Um, right, <laughs> on tonight's show, uh, it's been another crazy week at the circus. That is Charlton Athletic. When I look back at the, uh, the ridiculous statement issued by Roland Duchatelet on the club's website uh, on Tuesday evening, like I say, it was an attack on Charlton fans uh, from a, a beleaguered owner who's lashing out like a baby. We're going to talk about uh, the reactions to this statement from various people from the Target 20. K group from the Voice of the Valley fanzine, from various people in the wider media, from Danny Kelly on Talk Sport, from the the, the papers such as the Sun, uh, the Daily Mail. We're going to talk about why this has led to Mel Baroni resigning uh, from her job. We're going to pay tribute to John Little as well, who um, uh, South London Press revealed today is going to be resigning sort of at the end of the season. Uh, we're going to we've got some emails from some fans who uh, they've come in during the week, so we're going to talk about that. And then we're also going to look back at the Kent Senior Cup semi final victory at Ebbsfleet on Tuesday night. Uh, we're going to hear from George Lapsley, the under. 18 captain he made the step up to the under 21s for that game uh, we're going to hear from him as well uh, and then we're going to look ahead to uh, Saturday's game with Sheffield Wednesday which we're all very much looking forward to but I think um, uh, first things first uh, let, let me read you out the uh, this transcript of, uh, of the uh, statement from Roland Duchatelet a bizarre bizarre statement completely contradicting the statement that came out on Sunday which you could argue despite being a, a bit of something we've heard before from the fans point of view is actually quite a good press statement from the club's point of view uh, he's completely undermined that one now uh, so you can just imagine Roland sitting there writing this dear fans last Sunday some individuals did not come to the valley to watch a game and support the team but to create disorder on the pitch and interfere with the players and the game Disorder which is allegedly needed to drive change in ownership and management. Whom would they <laughs> whom would they expect the club to be sold to? 
How long would a sales process take? Is it easier to sell the club when it is in League One rather than the Championship? Hopefully, we won't have to find out. Some individuals seem to want the club to fail. This is a confused approach since following this logic leads exactly to the opposite of what we all want, staying in the Championship. Allegations regarding the CEO are are misrepresented. And there's an asterisk there, which uh, adds something at the bottom. And we are continuously used as a method to discredit and fuel personal abuse, hatred with a risk to personal safety. Although certain individuals tell you it does not happen, in recent weeks, Roland Duchatelet has met the fans. The CEO has met with several different groups of fans and the communications team have attended several fans meetings. We will continue these meetings and constructive dialogue with the fans. We have nine games left in which we've got... to get six points more than our competitors. The team just got seven points out of three games. We still have the chance to make it happen with the support of the fans until the very last game. We must believe it is still possible. Every football fan knows the 12th man is crucial factor in our success on the pitch. And then um, the asterisk, uh, it reminds us, it's, it's verbatim, the uh, the quotes from uh, Catherine Mary in Ireland. I think the difference is also because the fans don't see themselves as customers and brackets, dot, 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 close brackets, they go to the restaurants with their families every week and they go to the cinema, but if they aren't satisfied with the product, will they go scream uh, and scream at the people in charge? No, they don't, because they do it, but they do it with a football club, and that's very weird. Brackets, meaning unique, bra- close brackets, because they feel a sense of ownership of a football club, and that's a really difficult balance of how you try and engage with fans and make them incorporated incorporated into some of the decisions of the club, comma, bracket, dot, 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 bracket, uh, full stop. <laughs> now that is how you do a statement. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was one of the weirdest statements I think I have actually ever read. Um, I mean, and first, when I first read it, I mean, I, I saw the... Um, at first, I, d- I didn't see it on Charlton Live, Life, Life, um, or anything. I sort of got it through WhatsApp and stuff, and I read it. And my first reaction was that someone's obviously it's like another prank sort of thing, and someone's gone into some sort of server. I don't know. I'm not an IT guru, and then sort of <laughs> type this trollop up, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> <laughs> just like post it. I mean, I, I, I have to laugh at it because I don't really know what else to do. I just, and to say that's coming from the club, you know, it's just. Just the the language in it, and just I don't know. It's just, I don't really know what to say. It's just so weird. It's, uh, it's just laughable. It was bizarre because it'd be on Tuesday evening at Ebbsfleet. I was receiving tweets, uh, and there were messages on the forum uh, asking if this was a hack, if if the website had been hacked. And mm. you know, things have got so crazy at Cholton that fans don't even believe like that uh, an official club. Uh, statement is real because it's that crazy. I mean, that that says all you need to know. It's a surefire sign that Roland Duchatelet, who penned this statement, um, has completely lost the plot and completely swiped out of the fans that he's claimed to want to try and work with and, and all this nonsense. It's, it's just a bizarre, bizarre, a clear sign that the protests are getting to him. Yeah, no, I mean, and as well as the, uh, we had the other statement as well, which... Which I think they had to do due to the the media coverage of um, of Sunday's events, but um, yeah, no, I just think it was added fuel to the fire, and it's just one thing after the other. And I thought it was both of them were quite patronising, um, yeah. which is the last thing you want to do when you're. It's just a massive own goal. Yeah, you know, I'm just thinking of all these clips of footballers like scoring funny own goals. This is what it reminds me of, and it's just yeah. I don't know how 
they're going to be able to rectify this, which they never had a chance in the first place. But how they're going to try and do that now, it's going to be... Um, I don't think Roland could have made things any more toxic if he just decided to pick himself up from, from now on. <laughs> Put himself in goal, which he effectively did when he had Trey and Goldberg. I mean, I, when you read it and you read the content of, content of it, it's, what you're, trying to, you're trying to gauge what he's trying to get out of it. You know, what is he trying to achieve? Would he really sit there and read it through like you usually do you proofread things surely right sometimes would, it, <laughs> would you go through and go yeah I think that'll really speak to the fans you know I think that'll I uh, think that'll yeah. sort it right sort it right out which yeah I'd, so some of the accusations in the uh, in the statement from Roland uh, that some individuals seem to want the club to fail I mean the, it's, it's, it's a direct reaction to the um, the fans protest from Sunday I mean not, I don't know a single Charlton fan who wants us to fail or you know support the team and, and, not, and not the regime. Mm. Um, the, the people who walked out on 74 minutes were cheering the goal from the car park. Mm. They were cheering the second goal from the car park. I mean, it's just an outrageous load of nonsense from mm. a man who clearly is completely out of touch with anything to do with this football club. Yeah, and not, not only that, is he, if he's saying that, he's insinuating that, you know... Um, you know, some clubs want us to f- want the club. Some fans rather want the club to fail. Then is he saying that all the fans that helps us get back to the valley are really hypocritical and fought for this club through tooth and nail to then just go, oh yeah, because we don't like an owners, we really want this club to go under. It's just ri- it's just ridiculous how you can sort of accuse that. Yeah. Um, but again, it just goes back to the point, and I don't actually know what he's what he's thinking yeah well, you know, I mean, what's I, the thought process of it I really don't I, play, I played the sound effect of, of the baby crying because <laughs> that's, this, what, it that's what it is it's a child throwing his, the toys out of mm. his pram because no one likes him it's an embar- he's, uh, he's probably embarrassed of what happened on Sunday which is what you know Card set out to do and it's worked yeah. and Colin Moore tweeted yesterday Stan Colin Moore tweeted Kitty, uh, something along the lines of keep going it's working which it is because you don't to go put that put that bait out sort of thing and then he's just come a bit big time and yeah. that's exactly what we wanted them to do <laughs> there's, there's so much to go on here I've got different points I want to write so one of the lines whom would they whom <laughs> whom you, you always know someone's a, not a good person when they say whom who says whom whom says whom come on um, whom would they expect the club to be sold to I mean we've already we know for a fact that Peter Varney's in it but you know what if Peter Varney can't take hold of the club Katrina's already said that almost every mm. week that they get people offering to come and buy this club because it's a London-based championship club. Yeah. So it's not like there's no one out there. Mm. It's not like there's no one out there. So, and that's a ridiculous statement to make already. Yeah, he also said something along the lines, you know, how long will it take for, for it to be sold? Well, first off, you've got to actually answer your emails and your phone calls and your meetings <laughs> that you probably... Well, that's your first step. Yeah. Secondly, then you go and actually meet the person, whether it is, even if it was an advertising hoard, you're going to... Any investment... You're going to want to meet or speak to him about, but the only investment that can come in the club would be financial fair play, which is one of his big things anyway, and help to run the club at a break even. Um, my my favourite bit, and um, <laughs> uh, it, it, it was hard to pick a favourite bit, but um, uh, it's, it's the bit. I mean, obviously we've got the, the weird brackets with the dot 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 in, which which I advise everyone on Twitter. We're all putting that in our, in our Twitter names yes. if you want to do that as well. That's a a little bit of fun. Um, right, the the Katrine's comments back in. Um, uh, back in uh, was it October maybe at the at the web summit, mm. um, he says here that the allegations regarding the CEO are misrepresented and they are continuously used as a method to uh, 
discredit and fuel personal abuse. Just to uh, jog everyone's memory, this is the quote. Uh, fans don't see themselves as customers. Right. Uh, and so whenever I now get very friendly emails from fans, they say, get out of our club. So it's not the, the shareholders club. Um, I think it's quite funny because they say they pay. Obviously, the ticketing system is one third of our revenue stream. Um, but they, they go to their restaurants with their family every week and they go to the cinema. But if they're not satisfied with the, with the product, will they go and scream to the people in charge of it? No, they don't. But they do it with a football club. And that's very weird because they feel a sense of ownership of a football club. And that's a really difficult balance is how you try to engage with fans and make them incorporate into, into the, some decisions of the club. But I, I think it's... It, I mean, in the end, the bill is paid by somebody else, so he should have the final say. Now, Roland's statement says that people are continuously using this as a method to discredit the CEO. Very stale. You just heard it. Yeah. So you can't really discredit because yeah. exactly exactly what she said. Outrageous to say that people continuously use it. Um, obviously, we have just then. Uh, because that's prompted by the fact that he's then typed it out word for word on the bottom of this document. And the, the best thing about that is, I mean, I, I put, I, well, as soon as I knew the statement was on the website, I tweeted it out there. Mm. Um, and I, I get followed by mainly Charlton fans on Twitter. But a few people, there's, there's a kid I used to go to school with who's now a journalist at the Seven Oaks Chronicle, who's a Palace fan. Oh, uh, and he, he obviously clicked on that link. And he read those comments down the bottom as new because most people don't understand those, those comments are from. So. Those comments, which would have been mainly forgotten if he hadn't mentioned them, are now back in the public line. Like, so this palace, this palace fan tweeted thinking that Roland was saying these words, where in fact it was Katrine. So, you know, that he's brought these ridiculous comments back to the forefront of the conversation. Yeah, I mean, and even if you look at the statement, what you, you know, what they've typed out or he's typed out, he's, he he relayed every single word apart from where he says, and that's very weird. And then he's put meaning unique in brackets. She didn't actually say that. No, she just no. said it's weird. So now they're obviously trying to backtrack, trying to make it sound a lot more, you know, a lot more. I don't know what the word is, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a load of old tosh. It really is, and it's just. It's funny. Do, do you remember, like kids that get bullied and get called weird at school? You know, then their parents go, "Oh no, no, it just means you're unique and all that." It's just, oh, it's just, it's just absolutely uh, bizarre and uh, a surefire sign mm. that um, the the, the uh, the owner of this football club has completely lost it uh, and is swiping. And, and like I said at the top of the show, it's, um, uh, his disdain for Charlton fans has come through loud and clear in this message. Uh, and it's, he's not the only one, is he? Um, the reaction to this statement, as you'd expect, has been uh, re- <laughs> it's been received uh, quite badly yeah. uh, by members of the, the Charlton community and the wider football community. Um, I've, oh, what should we go with first? I think... Um, no, we ain't going to read out all the Charlton Knife ones, are we? We'll have for about yeah, a month. A thousand, thousand comments <laughs> on that. Uh, I mean, let, let, let's start off with uh, the Voice of the Valley, Rick Everett. Mm. Uh, uh, Voice of the Valley, a, a prominent member of the uh, member of the coalition against Roland Duchatelet, uh, Rick Everett. Um, it, he released a, a reasonably long sort of statement himself on the Voice of the Valley website. Um, he said, like a drunk grabbing the wheel of a moving vehicle, Roland Duchatelet last night steered Charlton Athletic into yet another public relations car crash. Uh, of course, we don't know that the Belgian's owner had been drinking or even for certain there was his lunge that made it swerve into the oncoming ridicule, but the circumstantial evidence for the latter is substantial. And I 
uh, I'm fairly 100% confident. <laughs> yeah. uh, the unattributed statement appeared mid-evening while staff were covering the Kent Senior Cup tie at Ebb's Fleet, which we'll talk about later because I was there, and clearly been written by someone to whom English is a second language and was presented with none of the basic presentational finesse of something prepared by staff. Indeed, Charlton's communications team did their best to bury it on the front page of the website and failed to alert supporters through social media, as they routinely do for other breaking news, in a clear indication of their lack of enthusiasm uh, for the intervention. Mm. Uh, I mean, that, 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 there's so much more to go on there from Rick. Um, never, never want to shirk away from criticising uh, the, the, the regime, is Rick, but I mean, fully within his right to, and, and he's done a really nice piece on the Voice of the Valley website. Yeah, I mean, in, you know... Re- Rick talks a lot of sense, you know, and he he probably speaks a lot of in the same sort of wavelength that most of us actually do, but um, are not as good as him as writing. Like I, I couldn't write something like that, even though I, I understand it and believe and agree with every single word. So, um, but yeah, I mean, he's obviously writes great stuff, and that the the thing that hits the nail on the head for me is that it, it speaks to every single fan. I, I you know, well. I say that I I had imagined it, the majority, well at least two percent anyway. <laughs> but um, it, it's, and that's the thing, and for that to happen, you're going to need people who are really passionate about it. And you know, Rick ain't one who wants to see the club go down, like he suggested in his blooming in his statement. So yeah, I think Rick's doing great, and you know, just obviously I'll have to read all of it. Cause I only read some of it on the train, but um, yeah. Yeah, uh, the the Sun newspaper yeah. uh, headline: Charlton owner releases hideous statement criticizing mm. fans and calling them customers. Uh, and he goes, uh, just Jimmy Lloyd in the Sun goes on to say: Charlton's owner has gone to war with the club's fans, which is obviously a pretty bad idea. Uh, talking about how he was reacting to um, uh, to the protests on Sunday, but then he says, "But now do Chatelier's hit back and said they would not scream if they went to a bad restaurant." The most unpleasant section of the statement published on the club's official website said, I think the difference is also... And it goes on to Katrine's comment uh, before adding, uh, OK, mate. The rest of the letter can be read here, but we can sum it up in two words. And then there's a picture of a cat that looks sad that says, poor me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he says he was accused of peeing on the fans big time by uh, by other John fans. So that shows how it's being picked up in the wider media. Danny Kelly uh, is on TalkSport. He's on BT yep. Sport. He's a very well-respected sports broadcaster, journalist, uh, presenter. He was presenting the talk show, uh, the TalkSport Drive show home yesterday. Uh, and he tweeted at about 4.15, he was about to do his rant. I don't, in fact, I don't normally listen to talk sport, but apparently they do a daily rant. Mm. And Danny Kelly decided to aim his uh, his daily rant at Cheltenham, as you'd expect. Uh, and um, I, I listened in, uh, as I would, and uh, just a few words. I mean, startlingly, uh, Danny Kelly on Du Chatelet uh, said, that we thought that the Oysters at Blackpool couldn't be topped, but now we have a new champion. That's how badly Roland and Katrina viewed amongst the football public. Uh, he then went on to reread uh, uh, Katrine's comments, uh, s- assuming they were from Roland himself. Uh, he then said, "My friends, you have misunderstood English football from the top to the bottom." And then it's all, I'm all paraphrasing here, but he says that, uh, that Roland and Katrine will eventually leave penniless, having wasted all their money here. But Charlton will survive because they have fifteen to twenty thousand fans here in South London who will keep them going. Yeah, no, and again, nail on head sort of springs to mind, and uh, and yeah, I mean, I must admit we had. Um I mean, talk sports has been great. Stan Collymore has been really good. You know, when we had a phone in of when the uh, first set of protests come out against 
Forest, I think it was. Was it Forest, the first one? Uh, Sheffield Wednesday, Wednesday was the first the, one ever, the before yeah. Before the game, wasn't it? Yeah. And then, um, Forest was a really big one. Yeah, so that was the real, and then Stan was amazing. We're, you know, we had loads of people call up and then, but every, you know, all the media sort of outlets seem to be doing us a great job. I mean, even on Sunday with Sky, I mean, Scott Minto, even in Ian Holloway to an extent, which I didn't think he would, because he's, I don't think he's our biggest We well, said something um, stupid at half time. But yeah. yeah, but I mean, that's what I mean. We're getting so much exposure from, you know, from all the media outlets, and it's everyone can see it. It's just obviously the, the people that you really want to see it, which is Kadri and Roland. They're the only ones that aren't seeing it. Everyone so else is just stubbornly refusing to. It's to accept the only way the you mistake. can describe it. I mean, we're going, we're going to talk about Mel in a bit, but there's um, there's something you could learn from from Mel Baroni if you're Roland Duchatelier or Catherine Mere. Right. Um, so we, we've seen we've seen. Um, uh, reaction from the the wider sports media there from the Sun and from Danny Kelly from what you what you'd call the anti Roland uh, media sort of part of you know the voice of the Valley fans you know mm. um, now the, the, there's a section of Charlton fans um, who probably wavered um, on their distrust or on on slagging off the, the owner Roland Dishatley and and and, and uh, they were the sort of fans who would answer to the request from the club for help. Uh, to form the, the Target 20k group and you know mm. they're, uh, they, we had them on this show a few weeks ago I spoke to Adrian and Alison from the Target 20k group to find out what they were about and I asked them the questions about you know would you struggle to work with this ownership and all this because they're seen as toxic and you know that they had their answers and that's how they feel and that's their prerogative and I felt uh, very happy that they did. They, they asked to come on the show and, and, to, and to share that with us because you know they're Charlton fans as well not all Charlton fans think like Rick does, as, as we've discussed on this show, that there are some fans, you know, one or two who will email in and say completely the opposite. There are one or two who think, you know, it's not great, but we want to try and crack on with what we've got. I and mean, you could put the Target 20k lot into that. They've released their own statement today, which shows that even they've been affected by this uh, ridiculous statement from Roland Duchatelet. Uh, and it says the follows the target 20k group are a small but passionate group of supporters from a wide variety of backgrounds we are independent from Charlton but we meet with members of the club to propose and discuss ideas with them to date the target 20k group has enjoyed a good working relationship with the club resulting in some early success uh, successes including but not limited to the requesting the cheapest area of the ground to return to the north lower and the student concessions rates uh, introduced uh, naturally, all members of the Target 20k group are unanimous in sharing its surprise and disappointment in the unexpected statement which appeared on the Charlton website the other night. The Target 20k group were not aware of the club's intention to announce their statement and finds it cannot support it. However, having made progress with the management team, we feel that we can still get our message across to the club and to help make a difference. So for, for people like that to come out and, and slag off, the, I mean, it shows that even if there were waverers, like I say, some people wouldn't have wouldn't have been in favour of the protests on, on Sunday. Mm. Even those people, I feel, would have been affected by this ridiculous statement. It just shows how badly... How how ill-advised Roland was to put it out, although having said that, as far as I'm concerned, all the advice he got was to not put it out, and he just decided to meddle in a, a, a front-line operation that he has been accused of in the past of doing with the football side, now he's done it with the communication side as well. What an idiot. Yeah, I mean, the whole point of Target 20k, the biggest, the biggest sort of hurdle they're going to try is to communicate efficiently with the fans, with the broken relationship they had already. So then, for them... For the club or Roland to go and then publish something without communicating properly, properly, it just it just goes. They're back to square one again. So the club aren't communicating properly. They just, someone does willy nilly, go and post whatever they want. Target twenty k are obviously now disappointed. They as they said in their statement. 
So then I don't again. It's just it's just the free fall at the moment. It's just such a mess. It's just, <laughs> it's an absolute c- car crash. It really is. It's it's horrible. And you you just think what's going to happen next week? Yeah. Do you know? There's what li- I mean? literally not a day can go past no. now. Not a day can go past without something hilarious happening. I, I was saying, I was just chatting at work yesterday, telling them about the story of the the statement, and I said, do you, know, "Do you know what evening I had planned on on Tuesday? I was going to go and sit down, watch the under twenty ones play." And to be honest, I was just thinking, "Oh, I might get to interview Jason York at the end of the day. That'd be yeah. nice." I never really spoke to him. Instead, I <laughs> said this absolute disaster uh, emanated out from the club once again. And uh, yeah, and then a, a day later, you've got the head of communications resigning. <laughs> Because she's being completely undermined. Right, let's. Uh, we're going to talk about Mel Baroni uh, in uh, 30 seconds or so. What do you think about the shot? No, he tees up Lookman into the penalty area, and there's number four, Adam Ola Lookman, back in the team, back on the pitch, and back on the score sheet. Charlton Live. Welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview, by the way. I don't think I've even said that because I, I keep forgetting that we're a football club that has to play football games. <laughs> I thought we're, we are literally just a circus that has to uh, deal with PR disaster from PR, you know, lurching from one PR disaster to the next. But um, yeah, this is the big match preview. We will look ahead to the game at Hillsborough with Sheffield Wednesday uh, at, towards the end of the show. Um, right, yeah, so today uh, Richard Corley from the South London Press revealed that Mel Baroni the head of communications brought in after a two-year search for a head of communications has uh, resigned. What did you make of that, Nath? Uh Well, I, I haven't looked at me. I haven't looked at my phone all day today, um, and then so I thought, you know, I'd go on and just sort of see what were happening in the world of Twitter. Um, and then I thought, and then I saw Richard's tweet, and then um, I don't know. It, straight away, I was surprised, but then when you think about it logically, then I'm not surprised. I think any one of us probably would have done the same thing if it is. Um, through principle and stuff because what's the point in having someone here to look after your communications of the whole club if you're just going to jump hurdles and just communicate what bloody hell you like anyway it just seems pointless yeah um so yeah no i was not really surprised um it reflects really well on mel uh that, that she's just down tools and walked away yeah she's a specialist in the area she's especially in car she's been in pr and comms for all her career yeah. So for her to go and just say, well, I'm off, because it's not like everyone just goes and leaves their job after 46 days, is it? <laughs> so it, it speaks volumes and, you know, fair play to her, because at least she isn't just staying there for the sake of it and picking up a wedge or whatever. Um, it, but yeah, it, I'd be yeah. surprised if they try and get anyone else in. <laughs> Imagine now, it'd probably been hard. she probably had to sleep a load of nights to try and think, do I really want this yeah. before all of this? So let alone now. Yeah, the um, we were talking just or just off air. If you were trying to look at the uh, the difference between the the, the club st- the club statement released on on Sunday evening, the day <laughs> after the end, it was released. I think just before we went on air on Sunday evening, so we did discuss it. But um, and at the time, what we were sort of saying, I, I was sort of saying that my view is that this statement's been released for the press. Yeah. Um, as a Charlton fan, I feel a bit insulted by it because it's about the fifth or sixth time we've heard something similar. But when you turn it around and look at it the other way. 
Mel's job is to make us look good in the press yeah. and try and deal with the fans. And this is the only the only way you can put out a statement after such a really ridiculous day at the Valley, like it was on Sunday with the protest, the walkout, the whistles, the the beach balls, the funeral, uh, the pitch invasion as well. Um, you you go out there and you you don't act like a, a a teacher telling off a naughty school child. You you go there and say, look, we understand. We're we're we're, we're upset. We're upset. It's got to this as well. We're going to try and work with you. And obviously, Chomp fans, we've heard that five or six times already, which is why when it was released, Chomp fans were like, it's ridiculous. But if you look at the press reaction to that, so the PA, the Press Association dugout account, took it on board and said, oh, it looks like everything's going to be fine now. They're all going to mm-hmm. work together after the protest. It looked like the protest did what they wanted. That's what Mel was doing. Uh, and when, whereas at the time we felt, oh, feel, felt a bit belittled. When you compare it to what the people at this club actually want to actually feel and therefore have communicated now mm. via Roland's statement, you see why you need someone like Mel in here to do the job. Yeah, it's the whole concept. It's the way it's written and the content of it. Yeah, you know, we all sort of knew something was going to come about and it was all to sort of appease the media. But it was the, it was the work of a, a proper PR and communications person, which is her role. And then for her to do that, and then this statement comes out, and I don't know if you can call it a statement or this drivel or whatever, then that comes out again. It just it's like, well, what's the point? What's the point in doing anything for yeah. it to to try and lift the sort of communication sort of level a li- little notch to then just get it crashed down again? It's like one step forward and two steps back. Yeah, the interesting line in, in uh, the statement that did come out on Sunday which says that every supporter has the right to voice their opinion and we're determined to do everything we can to work together to build uh, with supporters to build our relationship with them and make sure they remain at the heart of the club and you compare that to Roland's <laughs> accusation that we all want the club to fail uh- Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Um, Spot the difference. Yeah, I mean, I still can't get over the fact that we've we've been accused that we want the club to fail because we're protesting purely because it is failing from top to bottom. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely outrageous. And um, like I say, I, I, I never I, I, personally, I didn't have too many dealings with Mel. Uh, there's much bigger fish to fry for her in terms of press relations than than me. Mm. Uh, but the few times I had spoken to her, she seemed very professional. Um, I mean, you remember the cock up with the, the the wrong tribute being put on on the big screen when uh, when Graham Moore's family were here to uh, discuss uh, to to have like the the minutes applause and they put the wrong. She she was very professional in making sure that you know that she she made sure that everyone in the press room knew that the apology had been dealt that the apology will be issued and had been issued at the uh, at the game and you know that that that's the sort of thing that she's there for to 
when when things go badly. I mean, that's what PPR is there for. When things go badly, mm. you try and calm it down. You try and say, look, it's a cock up. We know we, we're going to deal with it. So when the club's doing badly, you need someone who's got good PR to say, look, you know, we've balls this up. We know it big time. Instead of coming out swinging and, and blaming the fans <laughs> for the demise of their club, which they've been here through the good times and bad. Mm. Yeah, no, exactly. They can't really sit there and blame the fans for the recruitment process, can they? Yeah. Oh, they, yeah, the reason why we've got all these all these, you know, these unexperienced players because the fans want the club to fail, so that's why we bought them. You can't, you can't blame everything on the fans. It's just stupid. So, I mean, yeah, it's just getting to a stage now where they're obviously embarrassed and it's really getting to them now. I really yeah. think that and just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> keep going. Right, uh, Mel Baroni, not the only uh, resignation from the club that's come to light today. Uh, uh, Richard Corley, again, on the, on the South London here uh, press website, had the exclusive that the long-standing Charlton Athletic Stadium uh, safety officer, John Little, has resigned. He's going to leave uh, at, from the end of the season. He's staying on to the end of the season, which is a, a classy act for starters from not wanting to leave the club in the lurch. He's been here for, according to the... Um, uh, the, the paper, the South London Press, he's been here since 1998, uh, handed in his notice just before the, the MK Dons game and then uh, Richard managed to get a few quotes from from uh, John um, he says, I've been, I've had an absolutely fantastic time working at Charlton and being at the Valley as a servant of the club and serving the supporters, I have real respect for Charlton fans, it's a fantastic club with a fantastic group of supporters uh, he talks a lot about the supporters doesn't he, mm. notably doesn't talk about uh, the people he's working with currently. Um, I've never, I've never met John. I've never spoken to John, as far as I know. Uh, I don't even know what he looks like, to be honest. But mm. he is, he's, he's known as a stalwart around the club. And the, the fact, the fact is, that I, the only thing I know about John, because I don't tend to deal with that sort of stuff. But I know that when someone's been a naughty boy and they're going to get banned from the valley, they have to have a meeting with John and with Mick Everett. Yeah. And so the fact that he obviously deals with all the naughty boys, but he still comes out and and girls and and still respects the Charlton fans, says a lot about the man. Is a, a classy way to go out, really. Yeah, and obviously, you know, I don't know the, um, you know, the ins and outs and the reasons why, you know, he's done it. So I don't really want to speculate on that certain front. But I mean, I just find it a bit strange that if you look back to previous years, and I'm sort of talking back, you know, you know, the Varney days, you know, um, and possibly even to an extent the uh, Slater days, I can't remember so many people leaving this club. Like, and these guys are obviously they're sort of like you said, they're a, not that servant, but you know, they're they they do it for the love, I assume. Um, so for the, for the amount of people that are now leaving and the, the turnover of the club it's just uh, staff turnover rather it just seems it surely can't just be coincidental of who's in charge and just the whole, whole sort of concept and sort of you get the impression that it's you know when we see it the, the, the people like Mel leaving it, it, it's just absolute chaos inside mm. the club yeah. um, like I say from top to bottom it seems and, and uh, yeah it, it just makes you question you know, the management from top to bottom of, of the club, and that's why, you know, that you could argue that's why the, the football side of the clubs is not in good shape. And then you see other things that go wrong as well. Ticketing systems go wrong at the start of the season. Mm. There's been there's been all sorts of nonsense here. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we'll. Um, well, hopefully we can sort of stay up, and he can finish his season when we're in the championship. Because he obviously, started in 1998 was the season for us, wasn't it? When we was in there, we got promoted. Right. So hopefully we can send him off in a good one, and yeah. we all wish him best for the future. Yeah, so. excellent. Right, uh, quick break. We're going to come back. I've got a couple of emails that have come into the chat on live inbox uh, throughout the week, so we're going to talk about those. Lovely ball into the part of Goodmanson. Can he take his man on? Oh, he does. He's trying to be pulled back, but he's in the area. 
The ball across the bed again, eh? And there's a goal! Joel have the lead again. Super work. Firstly from Henderson to roll it out to Cousins, who did a pinpoint pass into the part of Goodmanson. And instead of Goodmanson going on his own, a slide rule ball across the penalty area picked out Vedicaley, who buried his chance. And Charlton are 2 1 up. Charlton Live. Welcome back, Charlton Live here. The big match preview, looking ahead to the game with Sheffield Wednesday in a few moments' time. But um, we've had a couple of emails that are coming to the inbox. We don't normally do emails on the sun- on the uh, the Thursday show, uh, but we had plenty happening on Sunday, and also I'm f- expecting more to. Yeah. It's, it's always nice to try and get through them. And, and uh, Robin's uh, a, a listener for the uh, a, a long time listener, Robin Lisbon, and he's uh, tweeted, tweeted me saying he had an email. He'd sent an email in, so I picked it up today. So I thought I'd read it out now. Uh, so we can just get get your thoughts on it. And um, so this this was sent um, two days ago on the fifteenth. Uh, it says, "Hi guys, I thought your show on Sunday night was uh, exceptional. You guys, I have to say, are certainly in tune with most of my views on and off the pitch. And I suspect that this is the case for most fans. Personally, I was mentally exhausted by the end of Sunday, or I would have emailed in. So please read this out next time around. That's what we're doing now. Uh, it was a day in our club's history that can never be forgotten, and I suspect one that will may make." Uh, may mark a turning point off the field, and I also hope on the field and well. If you see the reaction it's got, you could argue it has been a turning point. Yeah. Uh, the transformation of the team and Jose, to his credit, was surreal. If we can keep that consistently going, then we may just pull the points back, but you are vulnerable to good and poor performances. And I think the fans, I think all the all the fans ask is to see every single player dig in and give 110% for the cause. I think they they have to run their hearts out for 90 minutes with a tough, never-say-die attitude as we play out the 10 Cup Finals to survive. If we do that, regardless of results, they will do us proud. Meanwhile, off the pitch, a huge credit needs to go to all the guys at Card, as well as you guys, and I know many others fighting for the cause. What an amazing day they organised. The creativity and hard work behind the scenes shouldn't be underestimated, and every fan is indebted to them. When we get out... Uh, when we get our club back, which will be soon, everyone who fought hard for the cause should be given a lap of honour for the uh, for the fans to say thank you. Uh, I've been coming to the Valley since 1956, and I can honestly say at every single game something stirs inside me, even when our team when it run, uh, runs out to the Red Red Robin. It's an emotional connection that, can, that only true fans can understand. Sunday was nothing less than pure theatre, theatre only Chelton fans could conjure up. But the moment that made me so proud to be a Charlton fan was 12 seconds in when pretty much the whole stadium rose to their feet in front of the Sky Sports and joined in with the thumping, deafening chorus over and over again of we want Roland out, say we want Roland out, all followed by a rain of black and white beach balls. It was incredible. For me personally, it was, if the, it was as if the frustration uh, emotion of the last two years exploded with relief in that very moment, albeit the real relief will be when Roland finally steps away. I love our fans. And that was Roland. Uh, that was <laughs> not Roland. <laughs> that that, 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 that would be a bizarre statement. <laughs> that, that was Robin Lisbon. <laughs> Sorry, Nelly Roland. <laughs> I mean, that, that that says it all to me. I mean, um, I, I can't tell you how many times I've watched that Sky Sports video of the opening 30, 40 seconds of that game, uh, which ends with Katrine sit, sat there all smugly. But I think we can see from the reaction from Roland, we know they're not smiling behind those behind those smug faces. Um, that There's a million views on that video, on, on the Sky Sports video on Facebook already, and I'm, I'm sure there's plenty more on, on Twitter, YouTube and stuff. Yeah. That that moment for me was just so special because it, it showed for me who holds the power at this club because it was the fans' way of showing. Don't care if you own if you own the lease or whatever it is. We own the power. We can stop your business doing what it does yeah. in, at the drop of a hat, or in mm. this case, many beach balls. Yeah, 
No, yeah, and it's, it's rightly so, you know. And um, I mean, Rob Rob made some obviously some, made some great points, and you know the, the shout out sort of card, and obviously to this this show to an extent, you know, which obviously gets people like Rob gives gives him a voice in a sort of another sort of platform and stuff. So, um, which is you know which is great. And going back to sort of um, sort of when you said you know they fans have the power and that sort of stuff. Did you hear the um, did you hear the quote from the new Everton owner? By yeah, the way. Oh yeah, I have. But yeah, go on, sh- share it. So basically, he, this isn't a quote, but it was more or less along the same lines. He was interviewed live by, I think it was BBC or Sky Sports, I think, and they were talking about you know the Everton as a club, um, and they said to this Farhad Mashiri, they said, "Oh, what's it like to take over Everton Football Club?" And he said, "You can never take over a club; you can be part of a club." <laughs> Imagine if Roland come out with something like yeah. that. I mean, that'd be perfect. I don't know if that was a footnote to his email, but it was to his statement. But I certainly didn't see that bit. But. Yeah, that was, the, that was the end bit that he forgot to put on, probably. Yeah, yeah that, that's what the, that was supposed to be within the brackets in the yeah. text. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just wanted to check the spelling on so a few words. Uh, um, right, we have one more email from Aaron Honan. It says, Hi, guys. I'm truly astonished that certain fans have chosen to turn on the protesters. This is a reaction to... Uh, a couple of emails we had on, on Sunday evening. Uh, even if you believe in Roland's appointments and dealings, these protesters are part of this club. So how about showing solidarity, uh, solidarity I can't speak, with your fellow supporter rather than playing into this interim CEO and owner's hands? How on earth any fan could accept the transfers and managerial appointments is beyond me, but to criticise people for making a stand is disgraceful and, in my opinion, disloyal. So that's Aaron there. I mean, mm. obviously, we, we, we've... I, I say that every fan is more than welcome to their opinion, and mm. you know, so other shows might not have read out Nathan's email, which in particular took a, took a swipe at me. Mm. Um, but you know, we, like I said, we we are here to voice everyone, and Aaron says that he, he finds it disloyal that people, but not not everyone does think the way that you know Aaron does or the way that mm. that Rick Everett does. But you know, do you think they they could try and stick together, or they're, they're um, more welcome to say what they want? It's yeah, no, I think you know each their own. You know, I know there's people out there with will disagree with me of many things, and I will disagree with. I disagree with certain things about the club, right? It doesn't mean you know I'm I'm pro Roland or anything like that. I mean, everyone's entitled to their own opinion as long as it doesn't get nasty and get spiteful. Which I know some of that email from Nathan was a little bit spiteful, which I don't think was read out, was it? Um, certain parts of it, but yeah. um, you yeah, know, I think everyone's entitled to their view as long as it. I think as long as we can all have an opinion off the pitch, I think as long as we're in that stand, we're all together that way, I think that's the main thing. But I have no issue with someone disagree- who just wants to just turn up to a football game and have no interest in the in the, um, in the the sort of ownership. That's yeah. not my opinion, but, you know, each to their own and yeah. it's down to them. Yeah, excellent stuff. Right, so thanks for your emails that have come into the inbox throughout the week. Like I said, we don't normally do emails on the uh, the Thursday evening show, but uh, more than happy to, to, to get them in there today just uh to, to have a bit of a, a more of a running commentary so you're not just hearing from us you're hearing from, from fans outside the show as well but I'm going to be back in 30 seconds or so to talk about the 2-1 win, win uh, Epsley in the uh, Kent Senior Cup So am I still waiting for this world to stop hating Can't find a good reason Can't find hope to believe in Welcome back to Charlton Live, it's a big match uh, preview here. Uh, right, on Tuesday evening, um, just before uh, the ridiculous statement came out from Roland, um, uh, I, we, uh, it was the, the Kent Senior Cup semi-final, the 
Cheltenham are the, the reigning champions, having beaten Gillingham at Priestfield in the final by one goal to nil, Colin Ahern Grant last season. Uh, the Addicts were into the semi-final, having beaten... Uh, uh, well, they're beating Hive, they're beating Cray, they're beating Bromley. There's probably another team in there I've forgotten as well. Uh, in order to get to the uh, the semi-final, which we played away at Ebbsfleet in the Peter Varney derby. Um, uh, Katrine wasn't there. Uh, I don't know if she was invited or not, actually. Uh, possibly in her inbox. Uh, and she just ignored it. But um, <laughs> uh, a, a 2-1 win for the youngsters. Um, uh, uh, I have to admit, I only really watched the first half. Second half, I was a bit... <laughs> a bit was, sidetracked. Yeah, a bit sidetracked by, by looking at my phone and, and, and trying to work out what on earth that statement was about. Uh, but hey, through to the Kent Senior Cup semi-final. Everything's fine. Um, yeah. I mean, if it's, hopefully we can... Um, who is it? Dartford, I think we got. We? Dartford, yeah, in the final. Yeah, so hopefully we, win, we sort of retain our title and... You know, win it again. Obviously, I know there's a f- few key performers which I think we're going to go on to in a sec. But um, yeah, I mean, what the only sort of thing I'm thinking of, I'm just sort of hoping, which I might be sort of ma- you know making stuff up here. But with the success that we're having in the under twenty ones, right? I'm hoping that Catriona and Roland aren't thinking, well, it's all rosy because we've got all these youngsters to fall back on, and we won't have to invest in the f- in the first team squad in the summer. Well, they've, they've fought that a few <laughs> times already, haven't they? Yeah. Well, that's my sort of thing. I'm, I'm thinking, surely that can't be their logic again. But um, that's another that's another show, uh, another time. But um, yeah. yeah, no, um, I, yeah, we, obviously I see the um, the worldie from Sabaos. Yeah, well, well I, mean, that, that, I mean that's a forgotten player. man. Yeah, forgotten man, but scored an absolute screamer, didn't he? Mm, yeah, and obviously I know I don't, it seems that you know he's not Jose's cup of tea, um, um, but you know he's obviously done the job for us and got us in the final. And obviously, um, Georgie had a good game. Yeah, George Lapsey is yeah. a player. Plays for the under. He's an under eighteen. I remember the un, in the FA Youth Cup, which the under 18s go into against Mill while I was here at the Valley, um, watching that game and being really impressed by him. A, his performance, and B, as a, as a man. Because I remember after we beat Millwall uh, in the penalty shootout, his first reaction when everyone else went to to run to the goalkeeper was to go and shake all the Millwall players' hands, which obviously you shouldn't do when it's Millwall. But um, yeah. j- joking aside, you know, that's, that's you know that's sportsmanship, and that, that's what we like to see. And um, yeah, he scored the second goal. It was a bit of a tap-in, but there was a few other sort of more noticeable names in the lineup. Like Carlin was in there. Mm. Um, uh, Tariq Holmes-Dennis, who's obviously back from his injury now, which is good in, in the under-21s. Uh, we saw Nabi Saar, uh, and we saw El Haji Bar as well. Is mm. game time important for them, I guess? Well, I mean, you know, you can't just rely on Jordan and Nalu and... Um... Diego to sort of mm. stay with the shit for the rest of the season. Don't know what the hell's happening with Ahmed, yeah. but you're going to need you need them to get. If they're not playing in the first team, you're going to need them to get game somewhere. Um, and if it means that they play in the under 21s and help us get to the final and then win the final, then so be it. Yeah. But um, you know, Georgie's been always been an assured midfielder, and he? he's really. Um, yeah. Really a grafter, but he's, he also plays it so simple. He seems to have a lot of time on the ball in tight spaces. So I'd, I'd be surprised if, he, if he's not in or around the, the sort of first team squad next year. Well, so they do tend to get their chances, don't they? Nabi yeah. Sar was playing in central defence. There was one point during the first half again when, when I was just sitting back and just trying to enjoy a game uh, with you know greasy burger and some chips, just having a nice non-league football experience. Uh, he was uh, he had the ball inside the inside the Charlton penalty area and he sold a dummy. So impressive. I was expecting Madame Two Souls to ring up and take it off him because uh, he completely flummoxed and he actually looked really good. Uh, that was one of the, the highlights of the, of the first half. Like I said, I literally didn't watch a single second of the second half until I had to turn around and ask someone what the score was. Yeah. Then I looked back to the pitch and absolutely had a corner from which they, they pulled one back right deep into injury time uh, to make it 2-1. But the Addicts held on and they're going to go to the final. I'm not sure where it's going to be played. Last year was at Priestfield. 
I don't know if it'll be played at the Prince's Park, which is Dartford Stadium, or if it'll go back to Priestfield again. I'm not sure what they're going to do with that. But mm. um, yeah, if, uh, uh, keep, keep your eyes peeled on the Charlton website for um, uh, hopefully Roland won't be publishing when the final's going to be because it'll be... Uh, he'll be there, won't he? Yeah, so. It'll be illegible. But, um, <laughs> uh, right, uh, like I say, after the game, I was hoping to catch up with Jason. He'd we, gone home by the time we'd... Uh, got a chance to get down to, to pitch side so but George Lapsley the, the score of the second goal uh, had a quick word with him uh, as the addicts progress to the Kent Senior Cup semi-final George 2-1 win here at Ed Sleet and through to the, the final of the Kent Senior Cup yeah obviously it's good to get through to the final I mean we won it last year so obviously we just got to continue that run and obviously it wasn't a normal 21 team today where players like El Hadji Bar and Christian who come in obviously Naby Sol all of them did excellent for us so just good to get through to the final as a youngster, uh, always a good chance at Kent Senior Cup to play a game against uh, senior players. Yeah, I, I thrive on that. Obviously, what I want to be playing is men's football. And games like today just give me the opportunity to get used to that. You managed to get a goal for yourself. Not not the most difficult goal you're ever going to score, but they all no. count? Yeah, they all count. What can I say? Yeah. Zach, Zach nice me. Let it, let it go for me, yeah. so... Thank you, and personally, as you're, you're an under-18, but a, a chance to play with the 21s today, often, more often than not on the bench, but a, a nice step up for you? Yeah, ob- yeah. obviously, I only got told about 2 o'clock today I'll be starting, and once Steve told me that, I was really excited for the game. Obviously, my preparation was as normally as it would be. If I was on the bench or if I'm starting, it's always going to be uh, perfect. So, I don't know, Like, just good good to get a start, good to play for the 21s, yeah. And I guess you've got now that desire to, to win the trophy for the second year in the row. Yeah, definitely. Got to get some silverware, haven't we? Yeah. Got to win the 18s league as well. Yeah. I was going to say, both, all the uh, academy teams are doing really well in their league, so yeah. a lot of silverware in, is possible. Yeah, yeah, that's what you play for, isn't it? Silverware, I think. A lot of the boys, we've all grown up together playing, so we all know we've all got that winning mentality. So, yeah, it's wicked to get, get silverware if we can get it. As a youngster, what is like? What is it like to, to come up through the ranks at Cheltenham, a club that, that you personally support? Uh, yeah, it's obviously I've come and watched the games as a young kid, so I've always been motivated to get into that first team. But hopefully, just days like today, I can keep proving myself to get into that first team. But yeah, I don't know. The, the Charlton Academy over the years has produced so much talent that does get that chance to, to make the step up into the first yeah, team. Yeah. So, you know, you know there will be a chance for you down the line. Yeah, I, I know my chance is coming. I mean, I travelled against Colchester in the FA Cup. I'm hoping for more chances like that. Maybe not this year. I've got to think realistic. Maybe next year's my year to really push in. But, um, yeah, Cholton, if you look through the ranks, like you've got Diego, Callum Harriet, all of them, good players, all getting their chance. So it's just only motivation for me, yeah. Well, congratulations for tonight and good luck in the final. Thank you very much. Catch but all the coffee's line, he's gone for it, you know. Oh, what a goal! Oh, what a goal by Armacassi! Oh, that's almost at the halfway line. Unbelievable strike. That is outrageous. Right footed. Well, saw all the coffee's line. What a goal! Charlton Live. Welcome back to Channel Live. This is the big match preview. We're now going to look ahead to this Saturday's game up at Hillsborough with Sheffield Wednesday. Um, great escape started on Sunday, didn't it? Um, 
Yeah, yeah. Well, you could say that, I suppose. <laughs> but, you know, I said I said on the last one I was on. You know, I've got to try and try and remain positive whilst we until the fat lady sings, obviously. But um, yeah, I think you know, it's, it's, we're, they're one of those teams that we seem to always get a decent result against. I'm not saying we're going to go and smash them or anything, but um, yeah, I think if we if we if we start as we did, I don't think Addy a start. I think I think Big Mac will probably come back in away from home against a physical team. Um, I think if we have the same sort of intensity and the same sort of purpose that we you know, had throughout the game against Middlesbrough, albeit I know they were sort of on the ropes, but I think we could, we got a chance, but I just think that we need to not concede early. Mm. I think that's the main thing for, you know, first 20 minutes, because they, they hate us up there anyway, because they know we're a bigger club. <laughs> but um, And obviously the time, amount of times we smashed them, even Sordell got a hatchet against them, so they can't stand us. I, was say, but, I, think, I've been to, I think this will be my eighth or ninth in a row to yeah. Hillsborough. We've, not, we've lost one of them out of all those. It's crazy how, how good our record is up there. Yeah. Um, the only thing I will say, obviously, that the wins that we've had since November, uh, Rotherham, uh, Brentford and, and Middlesbrough, the, the three teams that we played at the right time, uh, Rotherham, rubbish. Mm. Uh, Brentford are going through a tough time under Dean Smith at the moment. I think next season, perhaps, you know, if, if they let their manager have a proper transfer window, then perhaps they'll, they'll start to rebuild. And Middlesbrough, with all this chaos with Aitor Karanka, who's now gone back for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, we played three teams at the right time. You look at the Sheffield Wednesday side, their the, the last bit of form doesn't look too great there was a mm. few draws there but if you look at the draws who they were against you're looking at Hull and Brighton yeah. uh, it was, and it was a 3 win away at Nottingham Forest any 3 win away and from home is going to increase your confidence so perhaps even though their form doesn't look great on paper perhaps they, they, they might be in a slightly better mood than we, we expect yeah they, they could be but then the last time we played them they were unbeaten in like 9 games or something and we didn't really we weren't in a great vein of form either I mean it was Carroll's first home game wasn't it Yeah. so I mean it worked. we didn't have the best sort of squad and in, in form wise so I mean it just shows that anything can happen but yeah I mean they're, their last few uh, they beat Forest on uh, they, yeah they beat Forest didn't they was yeah, it 3-0 and yeah, then Forest they, they drew with Hull yesterday or Tuesday or whatever so yeah I mean it'll be a tough game but I just think you know we keep it tight first sort of 20 minutes try and frustrate them and then because I think we're better on the break I don't think we're a team that can go there and sort of Take the ball to no. Take, I take mean, apart from Brighton, I think that was the only game I think we've ever mm. done that really. But yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, I've had um, I had uh, a tweet before I came in from London London Init Geezer, I think, and he yeah, I think he's it says Mike Tyson, but I'm pretty sure that's not his name. <laughs> but um, he reckons it's going to be. He said, uh, where is it? Uh, he said Wednesday a team we never lose to easy game for us. Reckon two nil. So you know the optimism's there. Yeah, um, possibly misplaced, but we'll, we'll find yeah. out, I guess, on that. But in, no, I think he's got a point. Like I said, you know, we, like you said, we've only lost one of the last two. But I mean, I, I, I can't, I, I can only, say, I can't see past a draw to be honest. Yeah. And I think Tom said a draw as well, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, we'll, we'll come to that in a sec. Um, Fernando Forestieri, a scourge for oh. Charlton. I've, I've hated him ever since he got himself sent off here for handball was and diving. What? He was playing for Watford, wasn't he? He's playing for Watford. Yeah, he's, now, he's now gone to Sheffield Wednesday and twice, in the, twice this season he's mm. got himself second yellow cards by diving. Well, apparently, apparently the last time it happened was quite harsh, but even then, oh, God, I hate that man. Yeah, <laughs> he I, scored against us at the Valley. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if, you're, if you're sent off more than once in a season for diving, you should get a bigger ban. Yeah, don't you think? Like, if 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 you if you're deliberately diving and getting pulled up on it, and you still only get what, what two yellows is what one one game. Yeah, I'd ban him for more. If you do it more than once, I'd ban him tomorrow for three games or something. <laughs> he's quite a nifty little player. Though, even yeah, though he's a bit of an say, old player. Even though he's a, a bit of a 
snidey player. He, he is yeah. a player that, that we have at times struggled to deal with. Yeah, he's quick feet, isn't he? So. Yeah, so that's uh, it'd be interesting to see how the, how the Charlton side line. Like, so you think Big Mac will, will come back in? I think yeah, I think Big Mac will come in, and I think um, I think Big Mac will come in for Addy, and I. I've got a feeling. Um, I was Jacko. I think yeah, Jacko's been pushing, but I don't. I don't know if he'll start. But Jacko, that game is when you want Jacko in there. So, because that's the sort of. I mean, obviously yeah. Jack, Jacko's got fond memories of, of uh, Hillsborough himself. Uh, that that free kick back in League One. Um, the sort of player who can, who can just when we're away, a, a difficult place to go, a northern northern gritty away game. He's the sort of one who can drag you through it. Yeah, no, exactly, and it, I think it all depends on what sort of formation he's going to play, doesn't it? Because obviously, I, I don't know if the sort of situation with Alu, um, you know, I thought I think Morgan was brilliant on Sunday. I've got to say that actually, I weren't here on Sunday, obviously, but. Um, yeah, no, I think it will all depend on who, if Jacko plays and if the formation is. Because I think if he plays a 4-4-2 or 4-4-1-1 or whatever it is, I don't think he'll put, um, I don't think he'll put Jacko back in. I think he'll probably just sort of leave um, Jordan and, who's the other one in the middle we had on Sunday? I forgot. Mine, mine, mine's gone. Sorry? Who else did we have in the middle on Sunday with Jordan? Um... My head's gone. Yeah, no, so is mine. Diara. Diara, there we yeah. go. <laughs> you, had, you had Rod at the back, didn't you? So yeah. I think if, if you put three in the middle, I don't know, maybe they'll have Jacko in there, but and get another centre-half in, but I don't know. It's, yeah, but I think definitely Mac will replace Addy, for sure. Yeah. Right, what's your, your prediction for the game, then? We've got uh, Tom, Tom's tweeted in that he says, uh, uh, for the record, my prediction is it'll be one all and that, bro- and that Roland is broken. Uh, yeah, I'll say one all Harriet. I think, I think Harriet will carry on his form. Um, he's got, he's, yeah, he's got a good record against them. Yeah, well, that's all. Well, that's all. Hat trick. Two of the goals was out by Callum, so he's also got. And he sc- did Harriet score in the cup game? He did. They, it was Harriet and Church, wasn't it? Yeah, so Churchy, um, yeah. yeah, what a man! Oh, what a man that was. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think I'll go for a one as well. I can't. I can't see us winning, but you know, I, I can see us getting a point, uh, snatching a point or something. I yeah. hope anyway. I think um, this this seven points in three games that we've taken. I think we need to pretty much continue that form to the end of the season to stay up. Don't we? Yeah. So, yeah, well, I mean, and that's and that's going to be the you know, but I think as long as we keep the pressure on MK, you know, they they might lose their bottle, and you know what I mean. But um, I don't know who MK have got on the weekend. Do you know who MK have got? I haven't looked it up yet, but no, no. But I mean, so I know they had a couple of rough, they had a couple of tough games, which they ended up winning, didn't they? They had um, QPR and then they had Hull. Um, but I don't know if they're sort of they're at home to Brighton. So oh, there you go. So. Again, they don't score many goals. Brighton seems to be on a good reign of form. So if they lose and we get a point, it's another point towards it. And then we've just got to hope they sort of slip up. So Rotherham that's away what we do. To, Rotherham away to Ipswich as well. So that's two, the two teams above us have got difficult games as well. So. Yeah, just we'll look, we'll look after ourselves and then we'll see what happens with yeah. the others. So. I mean, obviously, we haven't done that for most of the season anyway. Yeah. But. <laughs> Even it late. Yeah, right. Uh, pretty much all we've got time for here, actually, on the, on the big match preview. And, uh, uh, a week that will go down in history as probably somewhere in the middle, to be honest, because yeah. we're completely mental as a football club. But <laughs> another another bizarre week here at the Valley. Uh, Nathan, thanks for joining us. No worries, thank you very much. I'm your, I've been your host, Louis Mendes. Thanks for joining us here on the Big Match Preview. We'll be back on Sunday evening on CharltonLive.co.uk to bring all the reaction from the Sheffield Wednesday game, which I'm praying that Charlton will get three points from because I do not want this club to fail, Roland. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. 
If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.